For today's podcast, Dr. Smith, you're back in. It's time for another Board Recap Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Another beautiful day here as we end the month of February, almost time for March. That is hard to believe. It is hard to believe, and I hope you haven't jinxed us on the weather. Uh, I hope not. February was, I think, very atypical. Yes. And let's hope March is nice and warm. Let's hope we don't pay for it, so to speak. <laughs> I <laughs> agree. coming. So last night we started our school board meeting, as always, with good news. And as always, lots of good news, lots of great news to share. So we'll go through that right now and just review some of those things that we were able to cover. Uh, congratulations to three of our high school students. You know, high school wrestling, talk about incredible athleticism and the training involved. We had three high school athletes. They actually placed at the IHSAA Wrestling State Tournament this past weekend. We had uh, a student from Central High School who placed in the top 10, Luke Robards, um, a student from Wrights High School who placed in the top 10, and that was Odin Fortune, and then a runner-up finisher. So congratulations to senior Luke Kemper from Central High School uh, for his runner-up finish. But boy, congratulations to all three of those athletes. Absolutely. Uh, That is a very demanding sport, and to make it at that level says quite a bit. Yes. So congratulations. Great job to them. Um, we had another WKDQ Teacher of the Month. This is Jenny Howard. She's a longtime kindergarten teacher. She's at Stringtown Elementary School and always happy to celebrate with uh, teachers who are winning things and appreciative of WKDQ for recognizing their Absolutely. teachers. Absolutely. I, I, I want to give a shout out to WKDQ as well as Jenny. Uh, basically to thank WKDQ for lifting up people that make all other professions possible. So Well said. Um, Certainly appreciate them acknowledging our teachers, and congratulations once again, Jenny. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Next item on good news, last night we lifted Friday. We had a Black History Month celebration at Lincoln. I was fortunate enough to be there, as were you. You talk about an environment where you just couldn't be in there and not feel the passion and the love and the respect and the the history. It really wasn't just a celebration of Black History Month, so to speak. It was also a celebration of Lincoln history, which if you're not familiar, I mean, an incredible historic place there with Lincoln, going back to when it was Lincoln High School. And we had some alumni from then, even George Flowers, longtime community leader. I think he's he said it, 84 years old and yeah. still just in fabulous shape. And he gave a really nice address about that. You know, he did. Uh, I thought it was an exceptional address. Definitely. Uh, and I also not only want to compliment him, but also all the staff at Lincoln, but especially the students. Uh, talk yeah. about being so attentive uh, from kindergarten all the way up yes. through eighth grade. Uh, and they were was, really involved with it, too. Yes. I mean, just in all different aspects, it was a really yeah. powerful assembly. And the principal, Tawana Tolliver, does a phenomenal job yes. there. So Her just dad, a, back in the early 70s, yep, actually was principal. was principal there and then went on to be a longtime leader in EBSC and our community. Yeah. So yeah. Just really interesting. Just uh, had a great feeling. Yes, so. definitely. We were happy to be there and celebrate and with them. I think they also received something. They did. They got a $10,000 check from uh, local business, uh, 199 and Josh Barnett from 199. I appreciate you saying that. He is actually an EBSA alumni. I think he graduated from Wrights High School, and they've been a very successful company dealing with collegiate apparel, um, team apparel. And so they made a $10,000 $10, donation to Lincoln that I know Principal Tolliver will be happy to use in the best yeah. interest of her students. So thanks again, Josh, as well as 19.9. Yes, most definitely. And then last thing we'll lift among all of our good news, and I know you're certainly no stranger to Braden Riley, Dr. Smith. He has been accepted into the National Youth Orchestra. This is something where the, you're competing against people to get into this from across the nation. He is incredibly talented uh, as a violin player, and this 
this is going to include a residency this year, I believe, in New York City. Uh, they're going to play um, out of the country even a concert, and then it's going to end with a performance of Carnegie or at Carnegie Hall, and that is something very, very special. And Braden is just an outstanding musician with a bright future ahead of him. Outstanding musician, an outstanding student. That's uh, what everyone always yeah. says. Yeah, Braden was in the first class of our Spark program, which uh, is really teaching students in the third grade mm-hmm. how to play violin or the cello. So very, very proud of him. Yeah, definitely. And and we featured him before in performances and videos, and, and certainly will continue to do so yeah. while we still have him here in our schools. So and I don't know if you said it, just a junior. Just a junior. So yes, we have him this year and then one more year, but talent is just off the charts there. So You bet. Congratulations to him. So that wraps up good news. Oh, we did have one more thing I'll lift, and you had kind of a surprise presentation. The Area Council PTA presented you with the President's Award. You didn't see that coming. Well-deserved. Congratulations. Yeah, sure didn't, and uh, that's very nice to receive, very humbling, because uh, the parents are the ones that do all the work. Mm-hmm. So appreciate what our Area Council PTA members do on behalf of our students each and every day. Definitely. And then we'll move into consent items, if you'll take us through that. All right. Item 3.02, consideration of allowance of payments, $13.1 million, uh, so it included one pay, as well as uh, we took out insurance this time, and also when it came to invoices, I think it was about $1.4 million. Let me look that up quickly here. Uh, Yeah, about $1.47 million. Moving on then to item 3.03, consideration to approve the purchase from extracurricular accounts. This was for Central High School, and they are adding uh, additional cameras to their security system. Item 3.04, consideration to approve the resolution to transfer from the education fund to the operations fund. So frequent listeners will know that on a quarterly basis, we transfer $5.5 million from our education fund to our operations fund because in 2019 the state actually transferred out those expenses that used to be in the old general fund to the newly created operations fund but they continue to deposit the monies into uh, what then became the education fund so this is something that we routinely do because the expenses were transferred out so we simply now transfer the money to cover those expenses and i'm glad you lifted that i think at a recent podcast we even had dr underwood on and i think he talked about the differences between those two funds and how the state sets that up and and right. how that works so it's always very interesting but you're right that did yeah. you said quarterly that takes Correct. place okay yes something that every school corporation does yes Item 3.05, consideration to approve change order number one with Haas Mechanical Contractors for the Harrison High School Auditorium HVAC replacement project of 2022. And this change order was basically to um, unload and set up the rooftop mount um, of the new HVAC system over the holiday break. Uh, as we've said, I think a few times on these podcasts, the lead time for HVAC equipment is rather lengthy now. Takes a lot of long-term yes. planning, which our folks are great about doing so that we don't fall behind. Right. And typically those are things that we would do over the summertime, but because of the delay in getting the equipment, uh, we move that to when students are not in session over or holiday break. Item 3.06, consideration to approve the renewal agreement with Equal Opportunity Schools. Equal Opportunity Schools has been a great partner with EVSC. We have seen uh, an incredible, I mean incredible, increase in the amount of students that now are taking AP exams as well as those uh, taking AP classes as well as those taking and passing AP exams. Um, So what this is doing is basically uh, helping EOS or 
having EOS help us for one additional year with some of the what I would call the back office uh, functionality of that particular system. Uh, and then after this year, we think we will have the capability and capacity to do that ourselves in-house. And, you know, I, you talk about with this, of course, our work with advanced placement courses, you'd be so interested to know recently we've been working on on a video that eventually we'll be posting um, and really talking to one of our longtime AP teachers, talking to a couple of our AP students, and just hearing them talk about the benefits of taking advanced placement courses. It really is exciting when you think how many more students now are having access and success to AP than just over the last several years. It's very exciting. So a few things, uh, students who complete just one AP course in high school are more likely to uh, complete college within four years. And uh, that saves people significant funds if you can complete college within four years versus five or six. Certainly it's more economical to do that within a four-year period of time. Students who take AP learn essential time management skills as well as the study skills necessary for success in college. And individuals who earn an AP score of two two or better are well prepared to succeed in college coursework. And then AP classes really move at a similar pace of, of uh, college courses. So when we talk about success, enrollment in AP classes has grown by 135% in just four years. That's a tremendous number. Yes. And I think even more exciting is credits earned have grown by 136%. So one of the main tenets of Equal Opportunity Schools is to make certain that enrollment in our AP classes mirrors the diversity that we have in our school setting. And that was not always the case, but we had a growth of 250% from underrepresented uh, students in our AP classes. 211 in 2019 grew to 746 just this school year. That's incredible. And that is during a pandemic. Wow. So, wow. Those, those uh, numbers really do resonate. And I mean, just great for all of these students. And you're just talking to these students that I was visiting with recently. I mean, hearing them talk about the confidence they're getting. And these were seniors who have taken several AP courses, knowing they're getting ready. They were talking to me about right. the different schools they were going to choose between for, for college. And just knowing that they've taken college level work, they said, but with the supports in place of our highly trained high school teachers. So they said it's like the best of both worlds. And you could just tell they were they had a great experience. Yeah. And once again, I want to emphasize, it's not just enrollment in the AP course, it's success yes. in that AP course. Uh, which basically shows that if you have the passion, the desire, we'll get you there. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, that's very, very exciting. All right. Uh, And that wraps up that section, takes us into consideration of personnel recommendations, and we actually had two parts to that last night that we We don't normally have. So personnel recommendations, uh, they are there for your perusal if you want to click that open. Uh, Two Individuals I'd like to highlight, Steve Scheller is going to be the new chief facilities officer replacing Daryl Angermeyer. Daryl is a name you've heard often if you're a frequent listener of this podcast. Daryl's done a great job. Happy for him in his retirement. And then we also have a new EVSC resource officer in Greg Brandenstein. Now, Greg has been with EPD for... Oh, 28 geez. or 29 number years, of years. One of those two, uh, yes. and I've known Greg for a long time as a school resource officer, spent a lot of time in the central attendance district. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are so happy to get the services of Greg 
after he retired from the Evansville Police Department. Yes, yes. And I know he's very excited about it and talking with him as well. And then that takes us to last night's action items. Yes. So item 5.01, consideration toward the network firewall bid. So what the firewall does is it basically keeps the network and student information secure. So um, that was awarded last night. You can click on the bid and see that uh, following all of the uh, discounts that we have, uh, it will be $169,100.06, and the funding will be from the Common School Fund, and that is for a five-year contract. And then moving on to item 5.02, consideration toward the network infrastructure upgrade bid. Um, that was also approved last night. And so basically these are things that make uh, all of our internet work in terms of network switches and wireless access points. And this bid was broken down really into two components, the hardware, if you will, and then the cabling. Users may take this for granted, but as you very well know, and so does Stacey Mauser and her IT team, there is a lot that goes in behind the scenes to guarantee access. There is a lot. And I think 10 to 15 years ago, I used to say people expect internet, the wireless internet, just to be like electricity. You you want to flip a switch and you expect the lights to come on. Without having to think about it. Right. That's exactly what we expect now with wireless on our internet. Yes. So yes. hats off to Stacy and her crew. They do a great job for us. Then item 5.03, consideration prove extended day uh, center fee. So this is a self-sustaining uh, program, if you will, a self-funded program. And uh, this basically would be for convenience of families, uh, for their children to be in uh, extended day before school starts and then after the school day ends for kindergarten through sixth grade. And uh, the fees have not been adjusted since 2017. So um, we now are coming in pretty close to even with where the current uh, price is for other providers. And uh, after individuals raise their rates this year for next year, we probably will be uh, below the market once again. That is probably correct. Item 5.04, consideration to approve or award the contract for Dexter Elementary School classroom finish flooring renovation. And that was awarded to raise your flooring for $217,600. And Razor has done many, many, many floors for us, and they do a great, great job. There's a lot to that, too. Yes, (laughs) there is. And they've been working with us for many, many years. So also appreciate our custodial staff, especially when we do classrooms. Yeah. To move everything out. So then Razor can come in, take the flooring up, put the new flooring down. Then our crew moves the furniture back. So in the schools, this work has been completed in and and facilities doing a great job keeping that work moving along. Boy, what a difference that makes. Absolutely. Yes. Great to see. And then item 5.05, consideration to prove the transition of the policy numbering system. So uh, once again, frequent listeners know that we are transitioning to the Indian School Board Association Comprehensive Policy Management System. And this is simply getting the numbering from our former system aligned with our new system. And then that takes us into last night's information items. Yes. So item 6.01, speaking of policy, Another policy. consideration <laughs> to adopt policy 4012, uh, locating missing children. So this really does align with Indiana law. And it also then is incorporating the ISBA policy. 
item 6.02, as well as 6.03, 6.04, 6.05. All those are the monthly financial updates that Dr. Underwood provides for the board for their um, information. And I appreciate Carl and his crew always putting together those reports. They are very valuable. And, uh, and as we always say, they're here. If you wish to click on those, you can take right. a look and see everything that he uh, went through with the board last night. And they're also here for every month going back to yes. 2008. So if people want to see 15 years worth of financial records, it is easy to find right in one here. spot. Item 6.06, consideration award the contract for the Vogel Elementary School Playground Innovation Project of 2023. So this was presented, once again, as an information item. And uh, Mr. Engelmar has recommended that the board accept the base bid from Dyke Brothers in the amount of 186900 So this is really for site work, for prep work, the playground equipment. <laughs> is an additional amount. Right. Uh, so it will bring that total project to about $300,000 for a playground. And, you know, this is another thing that, and obviously it's a, it's a slow process because of the expense involved, but I, it just, I think it's important for people to see that this is another area of our facilities that we are uh, slowly but surely improving as well, because you may take playground at an elementary school for granted. It's an important piece of the school. Students, it, it's heavily used by students during recess. It's important for their physical activity. And we certainly want to make sure that we keep that up to date and very safe uh, because things have changed over the years in terms of standards. So it's always exciting to see yes. these playgrounds being updated. Well said. And when you think of play, while that is incredibly important for a lot of reasons that I think we all understand. We also now know through uh, neurological uh, processing, imagery, and neuroscience that activities such as play really do help promote healthy brain functioning. It's an important so part of the day for kids, especially young students, to get day. out and get activity. So we're I'm pleased that we're systemically going through and replacing our playgrounds. And that includes also looking at the floor covering as far as for safety, you know, as far as what that area beneath the equipment right. is, as well as access for uh, students who may have a certain type of disability. So there's a lot involved right. with this. Yeah. And as you said, as playgrounds are renovated, it's not just the equipment. Many of us will remember that playgrounds used to be put on grass mm -hmm. and then pea gravel. Sometimes dirt and then when mulch you used it heavily when we were young, yes. And now there are uh, services that provide for a great deal of padding. So, right, right. Um, it actually is pretty complicated. It's kind of interesting the more you learn about it. Yep. Just a regular playground. <laughs> yes. And then that takes us into 6.07. Dr. Wells was here. So 6.07, consideration to prove the curriculum resources for the 23-24 school year. So uh, this really is broken out into uh, new curriculum vendors and then renewal of curriculum vendors. Uh, this is not work that we take lightly. Uh, you a talk lot about this a lot. I mean, this is important. Yes, because we want to make certain that all of our students and our teachers have access to world-class resources. And uh, they do have with the adoption of these resources. And then finally, 6.08. Yeah, consideration talk to us about this. This is interesting. Yeah, to approve student teacher and mentor teacher stipends. So I think members of the public that are listening to the podcast know that for many instances where you have an internship in uh, a college, you typically are paid for that internship. 
we have several people on our leadership team that have uh, kids that are mm-hmm. in college. And uh, one's going for the superintendency of construction, mm-hmm. paid internship. Sure. Another is uh, studying to be an engineer, paid, paid internships. Internship. Yes. But yet individuals that are going to do their student teaching with us actually have to pay the university mm-hmm. for the privilege of doing their student teaching without any compensation. Because it's about almost a semester-long assignment, just under it that. It is, yeah. yes. So what we are proposing is basically a $2,000 stipend in total. Uh, 1500 would be paid upon completion of their student teaching assignment with the purpose being to help them defray expenses. And then should they sign on with us to be a teacher, then they would have a $500 signing bonus. And uh, that's the first of the kind, of its kind in this region. We are excited. We simply want the best and brightest of You've the student teachers. you said that often, the best and the brightest, we want them here. Right. So this is, I think, our way of incentivizing them to come here, and then we will start the onboarding process as though they will be our employees when they start their student teaching with us. I think it just gives us, and actually, we're not just doing it for us and for our students. We're also doing it to make certain that those that are doing their student teaching with us have the confidence Mm-hmm. knowing that they are going to be well-prepared when they have their own classroom. Absolutely. And then talk to us, too, about the role of that mentor teacher, because that's part of this as the well. The role of the mentor teacher is incredibly important. Uh, when I've talked to individuals, once again, to use the analogy of others that have paid internships, their mentors are not paid. I want to re- emphasize that. Their mentors are typically not paid. We know that it is so important for our pre-service teachers, for our student teachers to have a high quality, outstanding teacher mentoring them, not only from the university side, but also from the EVSC side. So we are proposing that our mentor teachers then receive a thousand dollar stipend for the outstanding work that they're doing, helping the next generation of teachers be the very best that they can be. Yeah, they really do play a key role in just helping them to transition. They certainly have to have some time where they're kind of doing it independently, but they need a lot of assistance, too, just to learn uh, how this works when you're actually day-to-day, hour-by-hour in that classroom setting. So kudos to them for doing that as well. Absolutely. And then that wraps up information. I think in continued business last night, your basic update to Dr. Smith was, you got into this a little earlier and then with this, is that... That, uh, you know, we just continue to monitor the Indiana legislature. I think what they're at about the halfway point of this session, correct? They are. Uh, this week is the halfway session section, or <laughs> let me say it again. It's the halfway point. The halfway of this point. Let's session. stick with it. Um, and there was uh, only one bill that I lifted, House Bill 1428, and that was regarding partisan board elections. Uh, that did not achieve a third reading in the House, so therefore it is dead. Okay. Um, and I think there was no appetite in the Senate to take that on. So, And, of course, if you're remembering, when you go to the ballot box, so to speak, there's you're not voting Democrat or Republican when it comes to school board yeah. members. And for right. now, it looks like it's going to stay that way yeah. in the state of Indiana. And I think that's just an acknowledgment that most folks uh, really think that politics should not be in our in our schools. So Correct. I'm grateful that, that the partisan component of board elections is not going to be in school board. Okay. Well, we'll certainly, I know all of us continue to monitor that as the session unfolds uh, throughout the spring. And I believe that wraps up last night's meeting then. So thank you for coming in today as we wrap up the month of February. Next time we do this, it'll be March. So thank you, Dr. Smith. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate you listening.